Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. When it comes to inheritance, we often focus on genes, but that's not the whole story. A parent can influence its offspring in many ways, and in today's episode, we're going to explore one such mechanism, maternal effects, as we discuss the recent heredity paper, The Role of Maternal Effects on Offspring Performance in Familiar and Novel Environments. This paper tackles a fascinating aspect of biology, but beyond that, it also demonstrates the often overlooked value in finding negative results. And for the first time on the podcast, we also touch upon the importance of pre-registering studies for producing robust, reproducible science. Welcome to the Heredity Podcast. Can you please both just introduce yourselves? I'm Milan Vertilaik, and I uh, work at the Institute of Vertebrate Biology of the Czech Academy of Sciences in Brno, in Czech Republic, and I focus on the life history evolution and the phenotypic plasticity in annual fish. And I'm uh, Pierre Schuert. I'm a biologist uh, research associate at Bishop's University in Sherbrooke, Quebec, in Canada, where I also teach. I'm a behavioral ecologist by training. Mm, perfect. Well, thank you for joining me. And I wonder, before we get into the details of your paper, could you maybe just explain broadly what it's about? Yes, uh, our article is basically a simple quantitative genetics study where we try to test for uh, environmental specific maternal effects using the seed beetle as a model animal. Awesome. And I think before we kind of get into the paper specifics, it's worth just exploring maternal effects a bit more. So what exactly do you mean by maternal effects and why are they interesting? It's uh, pretty interesting because out there there's actually a lot of definitions. So it's always important, you know, to clearly define. But in the broad sense, usually we refer to maternal effects as the influence of a mother's phenotype on her offspring phenotype above and beyond the sole effect, you know, of her gene that she passes on. That's everything additional. So it could be anything just like from, you know, offspring parental care to more complex um, things that are passed on to the embryo uh, directly. Hmm. Fantastic. And just because we also have some non-scientists that listen in, you also look at genotype by environment effects. So what do you mean by these and how are they different from and how do they interact with maternal effects? Yeah, I would say that genotype by environment interaction can be like the easiest to understand example is uh, local adaptation, for example. If you have populations that have different uh, life optima in different conditions, maybe some like populations of insects that uh, favor higher temperature compared to other such populations or with regard to host environment, you can consider that as a trade-off between adaptation to a specific host, where you cannot obviously be the master of all trades, having uh, the best performance on a wide range of host species. But usually species adapt to a narrow range of uh, hosts. So they, by consequence, they are, are less successful on other host species compared to other populations. 
of the same species, maybe. Mm, fantastic. So I guess now is a good time to kind of get into the details of your actual study. I kind of wonder what it is that you actually set out to find in the study. So what was it you wanted to explore? So I think here uh, from the lab we were working in at the time with Milan in Australia, back then a PhD student had explored the effect, the impact of inbreeding on performance in different environments. A bit like us using a multi-generational experiment, but with a species of fish and both Milan and myself were more familiar with fish and with beetles back then. And they found you know, other things, of course, they were interested in inbreeding and so on. But they, among other things, they discovered that you know some maternal effect interaction with the environment on offspring, on the phenotypes and different life history traits. So that, you know, and of course, as a lot of studies discovering a couple of new things, we decided to investigate this further and make it the focus of one experiment per se. But of course, then we used seed beetles instead for various reasons. Yeah. And the reasons were that they are easily manipulated. They breed a lot and their life cycle is really short. And a really important aspect of their biology is that the mothers select seed on which she lays the eggs, from which then the larvae hatches and the larva burrows into the seed. But the larvae cannot switch the seeds. So basically the oviposition choice or the decision where the mother lays uh, her eggs is really crucial for the fate of the offspring. So we then decided to test the maternal effects choosing familiar hosts and the host that was noble for our experimental population of the beetles. So that was the basis of the experiment. And I think an, an additional cool thing about the seed beetles, they're known as a big you know, worldwide pest being able to lay eggs successfully on different seed species and understanding part of, you know, how they're able to achieve that, how their offspring all of a sudden laid on a new bean species can succeed and survive. And maybe part of that answer is maternal effects, you know, compared to just simply uh, genetic. But for fast adaptation, maybe uh, provide them with what they need without all the genetic background necessarily. And I think that also could be a potential application when we started to do the experiment as well in terms of, you know, actual concrete application to that specific model species. It wasn't just a model, but also potential findings that could help understanding why they're so successful at doing what they're doing. Mm, fantastic. And I guess your paper is really good because it had sort of four very clear hypotheses. And I guess before we get into the experimental setup you had, what were the sort of specific hypotheses that you had going into this study? Yes, that's a approach that I really like to use writing the paper or the manuscript that you really clearly define your aims or hypotheses that you want to test. And the four hypotheses that we used were mostly focused on the maternal effects, obviously. The first one was that we will observe maternal effects. That was one important assumption. The other was that uh, maternal effects will differ between the two hosts. And uh, then we also expected that the quality of the host will differ for the offspring. So we predicted that the offspring raised or reared on the novel host will face some kind of like challenge and challenging environment. So that is tied to, for example, longer de development, 
as larvae or a smaller size at maturity, which then affects the fecundity of the females, for example, and shorter lifespan. And the fourth hypothesis was that the host preference of the mother will be in line with success of her offspring on these two hosts. Yeah, and I think the little tweak to the fourth hypothesis, and as both, you know, Milan and myself did some studies on behavior in the past, so it's always something we're interested in, is how this might be, you know, inheritable. So how the preference of a mother for one of the two bean species will be reflected in the preference of their daughters when it will be their turn to lay their own eggs. So we also looked at this bit of a side question of performance per se, but we also looked at this in this paper. Mm, no, perfect. You obviously had lots of very cool questions. And from reading your paper, you had a very large experimental setup as well. And I guess we can't go into all of the details, but how did you test for the maternal effects? So I think more experimental white, and maybe Milan can give us some more detail of data analysis. So it was quite a simple experiment in that we had families with one male mating with four females. Okay, and we have this replicated several times. And once the females successfully reproduced with that male, shortly after they would start laying their eggs. It gets super fast, which is another cool thing about the seed beetles. So we first started with the preference experiment. So we exposed them, you know, in equal proportions, uh, superficie-wise to the two host species and look at the preference and how many eggs they laid on each. And then we exposed them to the novel bean first only after that. And finally, to the original bean species at the end. So it was a three-part uh, laying. So we had to lay eggs on three different little setups, arranged in a sequence. So this way we could get you know, the preference trial. And also then we get uh, offspring laid on each host species by the same mother to get the environment effect and explore the interactions through our analysis later on. So we measured several offspring traits, such as survival, mass, and also the daughter preference. And we used an animal model for the data analysis so we were able to tease a part of the phenotypic variance of the offspring that was due to the genotype versus the maternal effects and also the interaction with the environment of so the bean species. So maternal effects are detected if the similarity between offspring of the same mother is greater than what would be expected, you know, under the random reshufflings of genetic material that uh, occurs during reproduction. But maybe Milan can add or correct this a little more. He was more into the data analysis section than I was. Yeah, sure. But uh, I think you said it uh, well. And the purpose of this talk is not to go into much detail, but just to briefly provide the overview, we used animal model approach, which is a form of uh, mixed effect modeling. And the basis for that approach is providing the model with the random effects defined by the pedigree. So basically the relatedness of the individuals, which then allow for quantification of the additive genetic variation. And then because we were interested in maternal effects, another uh, random factor that is added is the identity of the mothers. Because uh, if you remember, we mated four different females to a single male. So then mother ID kind of like quantifies the variation due to different mothers. So that was basically it. And we used the quite uh, flexible MCMC GLLM uh, package from Gerald Hatfield. So 
it requires some time for crunching the data, but <laughs> on the other hand, it's really flexible. So, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Always, always. And as you say, if people want the sort of key details, like it's all laid out in the paper. But I guess the sort of the really juicy part of any study is the results. So I wonder what it was that you found. Where are you finding maternal effects in the system? Like looking at our results, uh, this question sounds uh, quite strange. And uh, I always feel awkward when uh, people ask me about the results of this paper, because as I was talking about our four hypotheses, the offspring generation of the Beatles basically put us down in all of them meaning that we didn't see any maternal effects. Basically, it doesn't mean that we're known, but the uh, amount of maternal effects was not discernible from the error of our estimate. So all the estimates for maternal effects overlapped with zero, which means that the maternal effects were really low. As a consequence, it makes no sense to test for the interaction or for the environmental specificity of the maternal effects, despite it was already implicit in the model. Despite we didn't find uh, maternal effects, we also accounted for possible interaction in the same model. So we would know, possibly. And the biggest surprise was that, uh, as we expected, that the novel environment will be challenging to the offspring. Both of the hosts proved to be quite equivalent in all of the measured traits and the novel host was mostly rather better than the familiar hosts so yeah they surprised us in many ways one interesting finding that wasn't negative was that the host preference of the mothers uh, was aligned with the body weight of their daughters but it was true only for one host meaning that the the mothers that preferred the familiar host also laid or produced larger daughters on the familiar hosts, but not on the novel host. With increasing preference for the familiar host, their daughters on the family host were larger. But otherwise, yeah. Yeah, and I think on that same line, I think they were also those same daughters also preferred the original host. Uh, so that the mother preferred... That host, their daughters ended up being larger. And then those same daughters then more so preferred their original host when it was their turn to lay their eggs, which didn't occur in any other scenario we've explored. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was that as well. And on that, you know, 
which was great with this paper somehow is to show that, you know, you get a negative result, but it doesn't mean that your experiment wasn't robust. You know, that's why there's peer review. That's why there are experts looking at your design. And the fact we found very strong genetic effects and the method we've used is the method has been used in the past to detect maternal effects. You know, they wouldn't come up with something new. And it was a great opportunity to show, and actually we've published on that before with Milan as well, on the importance of, you know, not always biasing publications toward what's significant. The aim, we pre-registered the study, and still everything, the take-home message is still there, even though we didn't find any maternal effects, which also might have prevented finding any maternal with environment interactions on offspring traits. It doesn't mean that this is not a valid design and quite the contrary. So I think that was very uh, rewarding for a journal like Heredity to allow us to publish such uh, such results and findings. Yeah, if, if I'm honest, one of the things that really appealed to me about this paper is the fact that you have arguably found a negative result in some places. And I think there is in academia this pressure to refocus your paper, to tweak your hypotheses, to make it become positive to kind of spin it into something that air quotes is better. And um, I think this is just a really good example of hypothesis-driven science. As you said, it's a non-pest species. You find some really interesting results. And I, yeah, I think it's a really wonderful paper. And I'm, I'm really happy to see papers written in this way getting published, because I think it's a very interesting and very honest way of doing science. Yeah. And it's funny that it happened to us right after we published the other paper <laughs> saying that it was important. It seems like we did it on purpose. You know, OK, let's prove it. We're going to do something that doesn't work, but it was very well designed. But again, sometimes it doesn't work, but we didn't find any evidence. But, you know, previous research did find evidence of maternal effects in that one species. So we didn't go with, you know, let's try with this species. Who knows? But it happened that what we measured, the traits it measured, weren't exactly the same and other variables that ended up, you know, not finding them for that specific design. But uh, indeed, it was quite uh, rewarding. And, and often the side, you know, the side results are the one that could also be interesting for future research. You know, the fact that, oh, why is it similar on both hosts? And maybe even better on the novel one, you know, does it ex help explaining why they're so successful as an invasive species? And actually, our paper is based on a side result of one of our colleagues' previous papers. So, you know, a lot of great findings in science are just kind of like, oh, what is this? Why? Oh, cool. And it wasn't something we aimed at uh, exploring first. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just uh, wanted to add, like, the, despite the negative results, one of the reviewers was really detailed and uh, they really made us think hard about what we want to test and uh, how we are testing it. So I think that a lot of readers can also take a lot of info or value from the introduction itself because mm -hmm. we really tried to make our point clear there. And yeah, because of that, we are thankful also to the anonymous reviewer, whoever that was. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, using our method, and that's the proof too, you can just use our method instead of excluding or ignoring potential maternal effects. But including them in the analysis, even when they're not here, doesn't prevent you from finding the genetic effect, the genetic with environmental effects. So, you know, you can do everything and more instead of maybe taking the chance to make a mistake and not including them. And then they get, you know, misplaced and misinterpreted. And then just your results are uh, inaccurate. So that also shows, you know, how we could, you can use this method in the future to improve uh, science in this one field. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, as you say, uh, there are a few costs 
of this approach that maybe some people will oppose that uh, adding too many variables in your model, you are using the power. Yeah, so people should consider this as well. So yeah, it's not, not easy, no easy solution for this. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I only have uh, a couple of final questions and I think it actually might be worth pushing them together because I feel like the answer might be fairly similar. I kind of wonder what you think the key message in this paper is, but also I wonder what you're hoping researchers are going to do with that message and maybe do differently in their research. Like why should they be testing for maternal effects? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the take-home message is, yes, to please you know, in the future include those, you know, use a similar method, include them. You know, if you're not sure they're here, or even if, you know, previous studies, for instance, previous studies with us show they were going to be maternal effects and we didn't find any. It could very well happen the other way around. So if previous studies on your model system didn't show any maternal effects presence, well, still use this method. You know, again, as Milan said, it might add a couple of extra variables, but look in our own design, we still detected plenty of other things, just not the maternal effects. So it was still powerful enough to detect uh, things. So I think power was definitely not an issue in our experiment. And also an another take-home message would be, you know, pre-register your experiments. You know, it forces you to think it through very hard and it shows transparency. And it probably is something that helped when, you know, selling our paper as most of the results are, are negative, but we really thought it through and this was very robust and we're very confident that it would work again. It has been proven to work in other systems. And in terms of why looking at maternal effects, well, it's, again, is because if you don't test for them in your analysis, or through your design, they might be considered, uh, you know, adapt to the genetic variants, even though they're not actually that. So they are not quantified per se, and they end up in the wrong uh, section of your analysis and making your results look like something they're not. So for instance, in our experiment, if we hadn't included them, you wouldn't have changed anything. However, if they were here, and if, if we would have omitted to include them in our design or analysis, it might have affected the outcome and the results in a wrong way, you know. So it's not benefiting science because you end up finding. And, and then people reproduce this in different ways and they find different results just because, you know, one of them included maternal effect, the other didn't. So I think it's mostly a, a matter of being accurate and, and identifying things the right way. Otherwise, they might end up being considered uh, something else. Yeah, I think it's also important to realize, and I think the perspective is changing a bit from the original view that was described as a maternal effects that are a thorny statistical issue and they are now nowadays more understood as a hidden evolutionary force that may affect the response to selection because similar to plasticity it's kind of like depending on their basis whether they are genetic or non-genetic they have the potential to drive or <laughs> On the other hand, buffer against the evolutionary change. So ignoring maternal effects in the quantitative genetics study, it just inflates the heritability estimates because then it just biases the additive genetic variation that is taken as a, the material for the selection. So yeah, just making the point that, yeah, take 
consideration of maternal effects, please. <laughs> Good advice. And hopefully many people listening and reading your paper will take it on board. And I guess thank you very much both for joining me to discuss this paper. Like I say, it's a, it's a really interesting and a really very well written paper. So hopefully people will go and give it a read. And just to finish up, I wonder if you could just remind people what it's called and also just give a shout out to anyone else who's been involved in producing this work. Yep. So yeah, thank you, James, for having us. It was great. Yeah, thank you. The title of our paper is The Role of Maternal Effects on Offspring Performance in Familiar and Novo Environments. And our co-authors are Maider Iglesias Carrasco and Juji Zhang. And also our thanks go to our two mentors, Mike Jennings and Megan Head from Australian National University. And I would also like to thank uh, to Timothée Bonnet and uh, Leske Kruk for their help and discussion about uh, analysis of maternal effects. And also yeah, to our helpers in the lab, Carolina, Krish and uh, Roy. Mm, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for everything and for the opportunity to uh, showcase our recently published paper. Thanks to Milan and Pierre. You can find their paper on the Heredity website. That's nature.com forward slash hdy. While you're there, you can also check out how to submit your own papers to the journal. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at Heredity Journal. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 